Hello guys, Sylvina here. So today I'm going to talk about Esther. Okay, so many analyses have been given to the book of Esther. It is quite impossible really to come up with a totally original one. And perhaps that is really the point, that no matter how many angles or theories you have about it, you will always go back to the core. You may pick up new side insights, but you will always fall back to the central recurring theme. So it deems proper, we examine the facts again, just the important ones, because I know the book of Esther is always talked about and, you know, in Bible studies and in Sunday schools. So this is a pretty staple and common book discussed. So we all know about it or at least we have a general idea of the story flow. So I'm not going to talk about that, but I want to go back to some facts. Okay, so first, so we can see that Haman was really enraged at Mordecai because the latter won't bow to him, won't bow down to him. The reason why Mordecai was, won't was not clear. Did he do it out of reverence to God? Maybe. He told them he is a Jew, but if he won't bow down to Haman because he will only bow down to God, then why did it seem that he had no problem being a subject of King Xerxes? He even saved the king's life once and was rewarded for it. Moreover, he told Hadassah to take up the name Esther and allowed her to become the queen. King Serska's wife. He directed her to lie and hide her Jewish identity. Her marriage to the king, a pagan, was also a violation of their laws. Yet, 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 let us remember they were exiles. As they were living in a foreign land, they would have to follow its laws and customs. They have to adapt for their survival and security. They cannot strictly follow the law 100%. As many other biblical scholars have pointed out, they were compromised. And I think this is also pointed out in, in Bible studies, you know. So as they were already compromised too much, it may be that Mordecai was already full of it and he couldn't bend to the whims of Haman anymore. Because you see, Haman was prideful and he couldn't accept what Mordecai has done. He hated him. So he persuaded King Xerxes to kill all Jews. Mordecai then asked Esther for Esther help for the survival of all Jews. Okay, let's examine here when he asked help from Esther. So in the book, it was not stated there that they prayed for God's intervention. No mention of God at all. 
Mordecai only told Esther that if she wouldn't act, deliverance for the Jews will come in another way. He did not even mention God intervening for them. But it is striking that Mordecai had such great faith and hope that, in one way or another, they will be spared. Could it be that he had no close relationship with God, but he knew that God is faithful and merciful? I imagine he was frightened and amazed upon hearing tales from the elders, such as Exodus, of how God extraordinarily rescued them with great power and wonder. He knew who God is from a distance, but I doubt if he knew him intimately. He may have felt separated from God because they were exiles. God had banished them and their fathers from the promised land. They may have felt unworthy of God. Yet, despite the separation from the Lord, Mordecai suggested that he was behind the scenes, playing, uh, placing Esther on the royal throne for such a time like this. Okay, that's in quote, okay? For such a time like this. Like her uncle, she had presumably heard stories of how God calls men to action to save his people, and this compelled her to act. She requested all Jews to fast with her for, for three days and, and three nights. I believe that she used the time to ask God for wisdom on how to approach the king and courage to do so. When she said, if I perish, I perish, she was ready to accept the consequences of speaking up and violating the the loss, the Persian loss, the, the, the king's the the king's loss. You know that he could she couldn't go to the king without being summoned by the king. I think she had also realized that she has been chosen by God to save the Jews this time. Unlike the Israel leaders and king bef kings before, she had no judges, prophets, or priests to explicitly make God's will known to her. Yes, you know, like that's one thing that I miss about kings and chronicles and all the other books before esther because they really know like you know someone goes to a prophet or a messenger from god goes to the king and say you know you need to do this the king uh god is is mad at you because you know you have you have disobeyed him etc etc and you need to do this you know but in here there was nothing you know only her uncle and mordecai did not even mention god However, the timing was not just a coincidence. It just couldn't be chance. God knew what would happen and he made her queen because of it. Overcoming grave danger with God's invisible works on the king's heart, Esther was able to defeat Haman and save all the Jews. Okay, that's more or less the summary. But you can see 
Mordecai, Astarin, and the exiles thought that God was far away, yet he is omnipresent. He is present everywhere. His powers know no boundaries, his grace overflowing. Lastly, and I've always asked this question, and maybe you are asking this too, you might wonder why the book is called Esther and not Hadassah, her original Jewish name. Well, it might be her better known name, and it will match with historical records, so you know, we're gonna be able to trace it easier and, you know, prove that it's accurate. But more than that, though, it teaches us a lesson. We may change names, disguise our identity as God's people, or worse, give it up. We might feel we are separated from Him or that God abandoned us, but He is still with us and wants to have an intimate, loving relationship with us. You know, when sometimes I feel that, you know, God has abandoned us, abandoned me, and always i would realize after that you know god is there and he's just waiting waiting for me to come back to him and call upon him you know because god is this is still the same he is the same for before now and in the future you know it's just people are just fickle we're very fickle creatures and actually everything on earth is fickle and everything changes only the word of god remains you know and i have a and i have an article about the word of god but later on because i need to polish it more and you know um think about it and see if it's logical yeah so god is still the same faithful merciful god so that's all and i hope you have a great 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 evening and yes i've actually some updates i'm already on the book of book of psalms i've read through job and oh my oh my you know when i read the book of job it was the first time i think that i truly understood what job means you know like what the book is all about because if you don't really read it like you just read some snippets and that's all just like some verses you know you wouldn't really know but now i know and i think you know like well this is for the next episode but just a little advance you know like advance um tip or probably like advanced reflection for me <laughs> is that um god is god is god and we are just people so who are we to demand god so that's the thing 
the most important point that I have gotten from the book of Job, but I will expand on it. But anyway, I'm a, I know I'm 11 minutes, so well, see you again, guys. And I really hope that um, God will bless you more and um, be with you. And always remember, you know, God is with us. God is with us. No one can separate us separate us from the love of God. That's what Apostle Paul said. Okay, bye-bye.